Hello everyone, my name's Adam. And I'm Rob. And this is the Stream Bucket Podcast, episode 9. Yes, we're here, and it's the first episode of the new year. Yes! Are you ready? Are you ready for the new year? Yes, man, I am. I've um, booked up uh, for Fern's Christmas present an owl experience. So, <laughs> we're going to go somewhere in Bedfordshire and we're going to hold owls for three hours. For three hours? Yes. Oh my god. While we're on the subject of owls, I have a rather... Are you drunk? No, no, no. I've had lots of cherry aids. Sorry. <laughs> this normally happens. Um, I have a rather macabre owl's tale to tell you. Oh, God. All right. So, um, cast yourself back to the day before Christmas Eve. I'm at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. Just watch some football highlights or whatever. Oh, God. Walk out into the street and there's a feathery lump on the floor. Right. Across the road. Okay. And I guess, oh, what the hell is that? And so me and my dad and my mum walk over to it and discover to our horror that it is, in fact, a dead, tawny owl. Very sad. Okay. And we are devastated. But it was genuinely like a very, very sad sight. It was awful. So we took it back into the house um, and we tried to resuscitate it. We tried to warm it up because okay. it was this big, beautiful creature. Mm. Put it by the radiator, you know, just to see if it was stunned. It became apparent... After much trying, the teacher was extremely dead. <laughs> so, anyway, okay. I leave the house and I go to Southampton and I'm en route. And I just say, oh, well, I take it that owl. I'm on the phone to my mum and my brother, I can't remember. So I take it the owl didn't come back to life. Mm. I said, oh, that's all right. We're getting it stuffed. What? But I was, I was like, what? So what? And he said, well... We've contacted a taxidermist. What? And it's in the freezer. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's getting stuffed. And we're going to send it to the taxidermist. We're going to donate it to her. And she's going to stuff it. And it's going to go in a case somewhere. And we're gonna, and that's that. And that's that. We're donating this dead owl. <laughs> we're, donating, <What? laughs> we're donating this dead What's owl. What's wrong with your family? <laughs> We tried to save it. We tried to save it. We tried to save the owl. It's so oh hard. God. And but now who it's, thinks of that? I don't know. <laughs> this is what he said. There were so many question marks in the reply. Oh but my I, god! I thought when I first said it, they were just going to have it stuffed and then put it up in our house. And um, what? Well, no. yeah. They're oh, gonna, this is Christmas, so maybe they're going to put some sage and onion in it. <laughs> what? Just cook would, it. Oh, I thought you meant turn it into some sort of demon, demon exercising. I wouldn't put it past your mind. Be gone, spirits! The sage-infested dead bird. Yeah, keep the plague away. That's amazing. Yeah, so that owl has been donated now to the taxidermist, or will be, and she's going to make it mm. live on in a museum or in some some rich person's house or something. But would I want that if I was an owl? I certainly wouldn't be, want to be... Look good on your bookshelf, mate. It would look good on the bookshelf. But I reckon when she stuffed it, I mean, that must be an expensive trade now, taxidermy. Yeah, don't know. To do it well. Norman Bates was a taxidermist, wasn't he? <laughs> was he? Yeah. Yeah. That's why they, they... Yeah, yeah. The drawing room had loads of birds in it. Yes. Oh, yes. I remember now. Hmm. Well, that's a fun festive story. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, that's... Uh, before Rob comes out of anything else weird... I, oh, oh, is it one more? It 
flew through the night, it flew from afar, but one Christmas Eve, it was struck by a car. That was my little Christmas. Um, you made that up? Yeah. If you get, are you going to get that on the plaque? Yes, I am. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story. Let's move on to the show. Yes. All right. Okay. Here are the chatty bits. See you in a bit. Quiet on the set. Hope you got your popcorn and large soda ready, because you're listening to Scream Bucket with Adam and Rob. It's been a interesting few months. It has, yeah. Covered a lot of films. Yeah, we've covered a few. Plenty more to go, though. Absolutely, yeah. And 2019 is going to be quite the year for us. It is, indeed. We're very busy young men. Mm, we're making our first like proper man grown-up film <laughs> yeah professional is the word that's the one yeah, professional. yeah, yeah. so first professional film we're doing more than going into the woods with a camera or going into my living room with a camera mm. now we're doing that but with actors yeah <laughs> actually paying money out to do it uh we've got a few other things in the burner as well what have we got we've got ken bison comic yep um our mascot hero based on a 48 hour film we did a while ago absolutely yeah um, we've got a couple of shorts which we'll be rolling out through the year. Yep. Whenever we find time, we'll be making a film. And, of course, we got Screen Bucket. Yay! We got this. Ongoing Screen Bucket. We are trying to keep it evolving, keep it fresh, and keep it getting better. So if you do have any feedback, do let us know at screen underscore bucket on Twitter, or grab us in the street. Why not? Grab us. Yes. Grab us in the street. Please do. It's been a while. Mm. Kevin Spacey style. Mm-hmm. More on that man later. Indeed. Yeah, so what have we got for the show today, Rob? Well, we are going to talk about a 2014 film by the name of Snowpiercer. Ooh. We're going to discuss Bandersnatch, the Black Mirror choose-your-own adventure. The Black Mirror event, they call it. Indeed. Which was, I mean, yeah, we'll get into it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something else, something else entirely. Uh, yeah, what else we got? Um, we're going to do a bit of show and tell, some stuff we picked up over the festive period. Indeed. Um, might talk about some New Year's resolutions as well. Mm, I think... Have to. Yeah, yeah. All right then, all right, all right. Uh, we're also going to talk about a little bit about the films we loved from last year as well. Yeah. I think. If I can remember. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? They do sort of blur into one. I don't think it's even been that great of a year for movies. Oh, are you, you kidding? Know? You'd know better than me. Oh, it's been good. Horror movies, massive year. Yeah, good year for horror movies, depending on the traumatising scale that you land on. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and even the remakes have been brilliant this year, last year. But anyway, more on that later. How was your Christmas, Rob? It was very good. Um, Went down to Southampton to see the in-laws and the family. Mm -hmm. Uh, Played lots of board games, ate lots of food. Came back up to Hitchin. Played lots of board games, ate lots of food. Very good. Yeah, standard. Very good. Really good haul of presents this year. Nice. Yeah. What about you? I did a murder mystery Ooh. on Christmas Day with my was sister's a- boyfriend's family and my family. How was the uh, victim murdered? They were hanged by the chandelier. That's very, very No, classic, they weren't. Isn't it? What? A twist? They were ha- hanged. Using industrial scale tinsel from the chandelier. That's right. That's very Christmassy. Yeah. Was it Christmas themed? It was Christmas themed. I played Yul Groin. Yul Groin. Yes. A German clacker joke writer. 
don't know why that's now was. A German cracker joke writer. Yes. Okay. Yes. And it was most excellent. We examined the evidence and found the killer. Instantly, so the two families playing and my family all got it right. Really? Yeah, sleuths. The oh, Tyler wow. sleuths. That's what they call us. When? Did mm. you feel smug afterwards? Yes. It's felt even smugger when I got two awards. <sighs> best actor and best ad lib. Thank you very much. God, people are going to be just like quite surprised you got best actor, judging on that accent. It well, was, it was the better it was in the right. room. Yeah, I'm sure. No, it was good. It was good. Yeah. No, it was good fun. Um, got a few books and stuff as well. Nice. Atomic books, yeah. Another year. Another year. I do think it would be better if Christmas was every two years. No, dude. Yeah, no, we skip need it one over. No, because I didn't, I didn't even have my Christmassy night out this year, so that's gone for another year. The opportunity has left me. Mm, Christmas, Christmas Eve night out is the best. It is. I prefer it to New Year's by a mile. Absolutely. New Year's is forced. That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You have to enjoy it at all mm. costs, otherwise you Come are... on, you have to come out and have fun. Do we? It's the countdown in five minutes. Everyone gather around. Yeah, and you normally miss it as well. I've missed it several years in a row. I think the best New Year's I've ever had were when we were teenage-ish and we'd go around people's houses and just have massive parties. I think I never really got when, anything better than that. When was your last house party? Mine was like six years ago. No, no, no. God, no. It wasn't that long ago. When was my last house party? People just stopped having them. They did. I've had a few, though. Uh, admittedly, uh, with my last big ex-girlfriend, it was more like housewarming and dinner parties and stuff. Yeah, but... Uh, you don't do that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh. <laughs> um, oh, New Year's. The year before last. Really good house party. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe people just stopped inviting me. Rob! <laughs> <laughs> weirdo out of the house. <laughs> Um, have you been watching anything recently over Christmas that we are, obviously aren't going to talk about? Uh, the Pilo. How do you say? I'm sorry. Pilo. I'm sorry. Pilo. I'm sorry. Detective Pilo. Oh, really? Detective Pilo, starring <laughs> John Malkovich. I don't know how the French accent's gone. I can't do it. Starring John Malkovich. Oh, is this the new one? Yeah, he's Pyro. It, oh, how do you say what? it? Pyro. Py- pyro. That's it, yeah. Pyro. Py- pyro. Pyro. Yeah. He's playing Pyro. I thought he wasn't doing the accent. Uh, he very much was. It was really? the most Belgian, Belgish accent. <laughs> oh, it's beyond. Oh, uh, see, where, where's that on? Because I heard about it. I just haven't... BBC, it's on iPlayer. Oh, right. Okay. Three-parter. Oh, yeah, I don't really watch BBC at the moment. <laughs> no, no, no. Not, <laughs> not through choice, I just haven't. What a comment. I don't even know where that lands. <laughs> Uh, I don't I mean, watch I, BBC at the moment. I'm trying to watch Doctor Who. I'm more of an ITV2 guy oh, myself. <laughs> I don't think I watched ITV as a kid. I don't think I was allowed. That no, was rubbish. <laughs> Still is rubbish. Um, yeah, I've been starting to watch Doctor Who. Why? I've been trying to catch up with it before Why? the special. Well, I thought I'd better give it a go. Why? But, well, that's how I felt about uh, the last series. And then I watched it in like, one go and loved it. Did it work this time? No. Really? Yeah. I don't know. It feels different. The tone's a bit weird. 
There's nothing wrong with the characters. There's loads of them, though, aren't there? There are loads of them. Actually, the first episode it gets a bit like what's going on, mawkish. Yeah, because <laughs> you meet you suddenly uh, confronted with a very complicated family, uh, and then one of them dies, and you sort of think, "Why do I care?" Yeah, yeah, it's a bit mawkish and strange, and the tone feels darker. Really, I don't know. It's weird. There's a lot. There's less music. It's more like played straight. Okay. It, and the writing, bad, bad. Yeah, yeah. That's what I got from the first. And episode. as yeah, and as I think we've mentioned it before, nothing wrong with any of the characters. Jodie Whittaker as a doctor is pretty good. It's just I just sort of like yeah. Do you want me to walk you through the Stenders Christmas special? No. All right. So, uh, Alfie, the bloke, has. Had intercourse with a young lady, right? But he's with Cat Slater at the time. But she was with some Russian man in another country. What? And then Alfie. they're together, and then they're in a house, and then Stacy comes along and says, "Uh, saw you guys snogging, and I'm going to tell Cat." And then so Alfie's like, "No, don't do that. You're going to ruin everything." So they're all acting really dodgy, and then the girl who Alfie's got pregnant with the baby mm. gets a note and he t- she ties it to something and it says Alfie I'm going off with the baby what and then Alfie's like what's this give it to me and then Kat sees Alfie Alfie what's on that bit of paper what's on that bit of paper Alfie's like no no Kat it's nothing it's nothing Kat don't worry about it don't worry you don't need to look at this bit of paper what are you talking about give me right. that paper Rob's going to carry on doing this for a while so we're just going to put a song on <laughs> It's your baby! Um, we're going to put on... It's um, your baby! Is that your baby, Alfie? No, I can't. No, it's not my we're baby. I'm going to put and Funky Town on. Blazing round. Enjoy. We'll, we'll see you in a minute. Steam Bucket on NoFat FM. Beep boop. And then they're all having this blazing round. That was uh, Steeler's Wheel stuck in the middle with you. Girl, uh, Rob, Rob. Cat. No, Alfie over the head. He goes down the step. Have you finished? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah nice. Okay, well, I'm glad you enjoyed EastEnders. I didn't. It was awful. <laughs> oh dear I just had to watch it yeah well you've been going on for approximately 8 minutes now so that's mm. a sign that you were paying attention I suppose yeah anyway you chose a New Year's themed film for us I did Snowpiercer I did yes so let me just quickly run through the plot with you right okay so Snowpiercer is a uh, post-apocalyptic sci-fi story based on a graphic novel um After the cataclysmic events in New York with his fellow Avengers, Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, teams up with his friend Bucky, who is formerly the Winter Soldier, and has caused the whole world to turn into complete snow. And together they must fight and get through to the end to confront the director of the Truman Show and have sushi in first class. Is that what happened? Yes. Exactly what happened. Brilliant. What did you think yeah. of Snowpiercer, Rob? Um, I didn't understand why Iron Man wasn't in it. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? But it was still a good film. Mm, a, no. a very enjoyable film. It's a good uh, duvet film. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. What actually happened? All right. All right. All right. So, in an effort to combat global warming, the nations have come together and released a chemical to lower the Earth's temperature, I believe. C-17 or something like that. But they make a few miscalculations and all life on Earth dies. 
bit silly, isn't it? Um, it's turned into a frozen wasteland, so everywhere is snow. Everything's like frozen to the point of cracking to pieces. <laughs> All that's left is a big train that's constantly going around Earth so it doesn't freeze, full of the last remaining humans. And the poorest are at the back of the train, and as you go up, you go through the classes to the richest people, and then the front of the train is where the mysterious creator of the train lives. So the poor, they're treated like cattle at the back, they're fed these little cricket food cubes, they're, um, you know, controlled, beaten, cruelly, cruelly treated. So, yeah, so the poor at the back, they're treated like animals, while the rich live in luxury at the front. Yeah, that's right. And it's, that's been the case for 17 years. Indeed. And it's up to Captain America to lead the fight and uh, start a revolution. Yeah, along with Billy Elliot and Mr. Ollivander. Yes. I was pleasantly surprised by Snowpiercer. I think I'd always heard about it, and I always assumed it was a bit of a cheap, cat-handed sci-fi story, sort of sci-fi channel sort of film. No, no, definitely not. No, absolutely blown away. I was really surprised at the cast. Yeah, big cast. Big, big cast, yeah. For what feels like a very small film. Well, you can tell that the money presumably went into the cast rather than the effects, because the small amount of CGI is a bit naff. Yeah, and did you notice, like, the shaky cam was insane. Yeah, yeah it was I very, that. It was very Japanese. Well, you say that. The director and writer, uh, Bong Joon-ho... Sorry? Bong Joon-ho... Sorry? Yes. <laughs> who I yeah. think who I think might actually be um uh Korean. Right. Yeah. He's uh, South Korean. Right. And South Korea if you had to stereotype the films they make, do do really good sci fi. Yeah. Um also I just noticed it's uh Czech as well. South Korean and Czech. That's so and strange. They're also very good at sci fi, so yeah. it's quite interesting. And then in the middle of that you've got the likes of Tilda Swinton, John Hurt, Chris Evans. Yeah. Ed Harris. It's a it's a really really good. Cho- I was really surprised at John Hurt actually because he's possibly one of my favourite actors. Oh yeah, oh. definitely. Uh, but yeah, so essentially it's a it's a revolution. It's class revolt. Indeed, the, the poor rise up against their oppressors, who are brutally evil. They're like, very evil. More than necessary. Yeah, if you uh, throw something at a woman's face, you're going to get your arm stuck outside, and it's going to be frozen off in seven minutes. Yeah, yeah, because it's bitterly cold outside, isn't it? Yeah, to the extent that <laughs> there's a shot where the the train's going past seven people who escaped the train one year, and yeah. they made it about what would you say fifty feet before they just froze to death. Yeah, where they stood. How did they get off the train? I think there was a revolt, and the trains temporarily stopped. Oh, okay, okay, fine. Um, so been two, there were two revolts prior to the revolt in this film. Yeah, there's a, every five years or so. It's, yeah, something it off. yeah, it's quite action-packed. There's a lot of fight scenes and things. Hmm. There's a lot of black... This is the other thing that surprised me. There's a lot of black humour. There is. It's quite funny. Tilda Swindon, who I'm not that fussed about as an actress, her character's brilliant. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Genuinely like something out of League of Gentlemen. And so it is, is her <laughs> phrase. Yeah, amazing. So she will, for you guys, Tilda Swindon, she... It's kind of, at first, you think she's the ringleader of all the bad guys, all the soldiers. She comes to the back of the train. They all get beaten up. And then she'll say, you've got to keep in line. Otherwise, bad things are going to happen to you. You've got to behave. You've got to know your place. You are a shoe at the bottom of the body. I am the head. Stay being the shoe. Yeah, there's a sort of 
almost god worship. So the train that that humanity survives on was built by a guy called Wilford. Yeah. Um, who is treated like a god, essentially. Uh, he linked up all of the train railway networks. Um, and essentially it takes an entire year for the train to get around the whole world. Exactly a year. Exactly a year, in fact. Because... During the revolt, as they get into one of the carriages, the uh, poor, the lower class yeah, passengers, the bottom class, I'd yeah, say. yeah, um, they get confronted by a wall of evil, scary men, axe wielding maniacs, executioner hoods, uh, and they get into a big barney, don't they? Mm-hmm. They start fighting, but then halfway through the fight, they just stop. Yep, and they start counting down. <laughs> Yeah. Then the guy, the guy on the floor. There's one soldier who's already been half chopped to death, blood pouring out of his mouth, and he goes, "Hallelujah." <laughs> there's a lot of little things I like that sort of builds the universe in it. So I especially like there's an artist who draws the children. Yeah, because at the start, we well, he see... captures everything, doesn't he? Like, yeah, photorealistic drawings. Yeah, he captures the events of the journey to the front. In fact, mm. but at the start, because these uh, children. Occasionally they'll come to the back and they'll take kids away, and we don't—you never know what happens to them at first. And every, everyone's completely in the dark about what's happened to their kids. But yeah, yeah, this guy comes around and he's drawing pictures of them and saying, "I'm going to take this up the train and I'm going to ask people if yeah, yeah, you know, people yeah. have seen the kids." And I thought that was a really nice touch. I really liked how at the start of the movie they're trading things they like. They've got so little stuff, but obviously Chris Evans to formulate his plan—he's mm-hmm. trading things with people to. Are they? What I love about. Uh language talking about the universe is they refer to the bullets being extinct if anything's run out they refer to it as being extinct yeah that's quite cool it is because in their world it literally is well and you say that as well they don't say the whole wide world they say the whole wide train because that is their world yeah yeah brilliant they've only been on there 17 years so a lot of them do have memories yeah before so chris evans says that he's had 17 years on the outside 17 years in the train yes yeah and there's a horrible, horrible backstory oh, which yes, yes, right, we right, can't right, really right, go right. into. Yeah, obviously we don't want to go into spoilers, but it's um, it's quite deep. There's a lot of stuff that happens. Um, one of my favourite details is when they get about halfway along the train, they find their way to a school classroom carriage, hmm. and you really understand the world then. Absolutely, it's when uh, the. 1984-esque uh, videos pop up on the screen mm. saying, this is the world that the, was built these, for you. These kids, I mean, the, the, as soon as you get out of the lower class carriages, it's actually quite a nice place. Yes. So the classroom's actually quite nice and the kids are well-spoken and well-educated. But they're being fed this absolute brainwashed uh, literature. Especially, and some of it goes into why the people at the back are at the back and the people at the front are at the front. Yes. And there's this uh, thing that's read to them the kind of saying is what happens if you go outside the children say back we all freeze and die and the teacher's creepy as hell yes she is yeah the pregnant um teacher interesting interesting detail that she's pregnant Mm. that implies that they're trying to keep i don't know it's just a small thing yeah just keeping things going yeah yeah. i got that vibe as well um churning the machine and keeping it running yeah, uh, even the even on the passenger side, um, and as things go towards the front, things get a bit more 
eccentric and mad. It reminded me of Hunger Games. It reminded yeah. me of that world outside of the arena in the Hunger Games. Because there's the, the different rooms. There's there's a weird jacuzzi room. There's a weird. Uh, there's this room where there's all these chambers and everyone's sat in like their own individual steam room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things that like felt that. very Empire Strikes Back to me. Yeah. It's the thing because it, most of the rooms are very realistic and you sort of can associate it with real life. But every now and then, it'll go really sci-fi. Indeed. Um, and yeah, and so this group of ragtag re- resistance fighters just fight their way to the front. And that is the film. Mm. Um, one big confrontation at the end. I mean, it's surprisingly good. And I'm shocked that not more people will talk about it, actually. It's an easy watch as well. It doesn't. It's not too demanding. No, it's not. I was going to say that. It's... There is some darker elements to it, but you don't really have to think about it too much. No. Um, there is one guy who's a bit weird. Who is he? Is he Franco, they call him? Which one's that? The robot-killing henchman man. Oh, he just won't die. He just won't die. That There's a few things like that. What? what? He, really weird. He looks like an overweight businessman. Hmm. And yet he fights like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and they just can't cool. stop him. No, I don't know. That just felt really weird to me. Oh, and the other thing, they they make a big deal about how difficult it is to get up the train. But it's very easy. They just walk. There's no security. No resistance at all, apart from the couple bits where there's a room. I don't know whether it's because they wipe them all out initially, really quickly, but it just walks through. They. It's the, funny we were talking about earlier about how um, it's a lot like an anime. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's kind of recognisable in... Animes tend to give characters with small roles quite a big personality. So obviously you've got the teacher when she's singing. She yeah. does that weird eye twitch. And then there's the bald henchman who's taking the eggs down the train. Yeah. And um, there's a bit cool. where he's taking out prisoners <laughs> and he does this weird little facial eyebrow thing. Like it's just a da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and obviously the henchman you are talking about just now, there's... It's always good in a film like this when there's small characters and they're not just blank-faced bad actor henchmen. They're actually like these individual... It's true. That is true. In fact, I can, I'm can. i visualising that guy in an anime and I can absolutely see it. It's yeah. a slightly porky businessman who's just dark-faced and evil. Indeed. and yeah. yeah, I can totally see it. Um, equally, on the goodies side, there's a lot of time spent with Yona, who's never... I didn't feel like she was really properly developed, but quite interesting. It's implied that she has clairvoyance or something. Did they actually explain what that was? Not once. Right. So she can see through doors. Is the yeah. thing. What I read, researching it in the in the graphic novel, people who are born on the train, train babies, as they say, right, developed a, a very keen sense of hearing. Oh. So she could hear through the doors. Because that's her world, isn't it? That's her everything. Her ears have learned to... But does that make sense? I suppose, um, uh, I guess maybe she can drown out the train noise. Maybe that's the idea. It doesn't make sense, but it's an explanation. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But it's not an explanation that they went into in the film. Yeah. But that's that's always going to happen with Semantics, adaptations. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was quite interesting. i tell you what I did clock onto when I was researching it and picked up these things. Um, John Hurt's character is called Gilliam, hmm. named after Terry Gilliam. Really? Yeah, because it's very visually inspired by like Brazil oh. and stuff like that. And Edgar, the character of Edgar, 
Yeah. Named after Edgar Wright. No way. Why? Actually, genuinely. Yeah, yeah, genuinely named after Edgar Wright. Why? Who knows? Just because there's a fan. <laughs> maybe, maybe, or yeah, they just maybe they were filming in a similar location or something. But yeah, interesting. So yeah, would you recommend it? I would. I would recommend Snowpiercer. It's a unique concept, well told, good action, and great characters, great actors. Yeah, really good. Uh, shockingly good cast, as we say. Yeah. The ending's a bit weird. We won't talk about it. Yeah, we don't do endings. But a bit weird. Mm, bit weird. Sort of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Huh? What? Mm. But yes, would you recommend it? Yeah, I would. Definitely. I would recommend it. It's very enjoyable. Very good sofa film. Lie yourself down, get a hot chocolate in, and just... Laugh at their misery. Laugh at their misery and just exist with it. Yeah. Requires very little uh, attention. It would have been nice to have a train conductor character, though, wouldn't it? Definitely. Going down the the train. Check yeah. it, please. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> Oh, sorry, we haven't got any. Well, back down, Trent. Anyway. Adam's Film Reviews. Bumblebee, 2018. Oh, my God. What are you? So you have no idea where he came from? No idea. Well. Here's the deal. People can be terrible about things they don't understand. From now on, the only person you can show yourself around is me. Oh, I'm, I'm good. Now I'm good, thanks. There's a war raging on our planet. If this criminal isn't found, that war may find its way here. Is there anyone that can help you? You have a family? Oh, who would be? They're calling an army. I've seen firsthand these things really are. Bumblebee. There is only one way to end this war. You must protect Earth and its people. Take it down! Written by Christina Hodson and, thankfully, directed by Travis Knight, Bumblebee is is technically a prequel to the 2007 Transformers series, but is genuinely a whole other beast. Drawing heavily on the original 1984 Transformers series, Bumblebee launches us immediately onto the distant world of Cybertron, where life exists. But not life as we know it. Intelligent robots that can think and feel inhabit the cities, called... Autobots and Decepticons. The Autobots on the verge of extinction battle valiantly to survive the Decepticon onslaught. One of these Autobots, B-127, is sent to Earth to establish a base of operations for the other Autobots. Crash landing in a military training ground, B is quickly seen as a hostile and becomes a target of the human military. Barely escaping with his life, B disguises himself as a nearby car, a yellow Volkswagen Beetle and shuts himself down. Later on, Charlie Watson, an 18-year-old girl at the end of her tether, recovers the yellow beetle and is unsurprisingly stunned by the revelation that the beetle is, in fact, a great big hulking yellow robot. Still injured and with his memory damaged, B is unaware of where he is and unable to communicate, 
only able to emit a faint buzz. Naming him Bumblebee, Charlie tries to get him fixed up, but accidentally activates a message beacon that highlights Bumblebee's location to some nearby Decepticons, who I'm pretty sure didn't actually have any names. Soon, Bumblebee takes up the mantle to protect Earth against the evil Decepticons, who have teamed up with the US military. Bumblebee is an absolute joy. It may have taken 11 years, but terrible nerds like me now have a Transformers film we can recognise. And you can totally see that the director has experience with animation, because not only can you recognise the Transformers, but they actually show emotions too. The human story is also engaging, and Charlie, played by Haley Steinfeld, is an absolute joy on screen. And the music and pop culture references land better than expected. It's good, solid family fun, sort of in the vein of John Hughes. In fact, the only thing I can think to complain about is the fact that the film has to tie in with the 2007 Bayformer series, and all of the horror that's yet to come. Fingers crossed Paramount will see sense and get a whole new series spinning out from here because this is the film I've been waiting for. God, I'm so screwed. Right, Adam, this is normally the time when we do the news. It is normally the time we do the news. Guess what we're doing now? What? Fortnite Schmortnite. Fortnite Schmortnite. Yeah. Ah, is this because we agreed that the news is always out of date? Yes. Yes. In our bid to evolve and improve the show, here's our new feature. Well, yeah. What do we do? Um, so we're going to pick some movie or TV related uh, stories from the last two weeks and we're going to have a little chat about them. Okay. Mm. And there's this... Should, I put, should we have a new jingle? Yes, let's definitely have a new jingle. We're bringing the news from the last two weeks. It's Fortnite Mart Night. Hated it, but <laughs> it's done. So this uh, this new feature can only start with one man. Me? No. Oh. A man that some people may like considerably less than you, surprisingly enough. Good lord. And his name is Kevin Spacey. So you you see that video? Yeah, I did see this video. It's uh, I I you know part of me wants to play a bit of it, but it's too creepy, man. Just we'll have to play a bit. I know what you want. Oh sure, they may have tried to separate us, but what we have is too strong. It's too powerful. I mean, after all, we shared everything, you and I. I told you my deepest, darkest secrets. I showed you exactly what people are capable of. I shocked you with my honesty, but mostly I challenged you and made you think. And you trusted me, even though you knew you shouldn't. So, what's the backstory of this video? Alright, so 2017. Mm -hmm. Uh, House of Cards has been watched by millions. Kevin Spacey playing the notorious Frank Underwood, president. And then all of a sudden, uh, Anthony Rapp, uh, who has recently been in the newest Star Trek series on Netflix. Uh, yeah. But he he comes out and he yeah. says uh, that when he was 13 years old, he was starring with Kevin Spacey in a film of some sort. And Kevin Spacey tried to force himself on him. Okay. So this is obviously right whilst Harvey Weinstein stuff is blowing up. So everyone's feeling a little bit like, you know, Was he in the suspicious. first wave of it? Uh, well. Yeah, I think he, he was. was, yeah. 
And uh, Kevin Spacey makes a huge, huge mistake. He, in, in order to like come out of it in a good way, mm. he comes out. He says, "I'm sorry, I don't remember this happening." Oh yeah, but I'm gay. I forgot about that. That yeah. yeah and uh, I don't know what he expected to happen, but obviously the gay community and and the straight community and everyone was offended because they're thinking, "Hang on a minute, mm. you can't." How does that justify? You know, how does that justify anything? Yeah. Uh, so you know, that was a bad idea. God, I f- completely forgot about that. Yeah. He's fired from House of Cards. That's done. And not he, because he's gay. Not because he's gay. Because no. because of the whole scandal. Yeah. And then obviously other things start coming out about him. People, I think he was in a London play, and a lot of people were saying that he was assaulting people behind behind the stage or whatever. God. All yeah. sorts of things. So, so I think you know a, a dozen or whatever accusations. I don't know how much. Mm. Anyway, fast forward to in the last two weeks, or well, last week, sorry, he is charged with either indecent assault or sexual assault I can't remember which one and six hours later he posts a video and this is the video we watched the video yeah Yeah. so if everyone remembers uh, the biggest previous meltdown video to this would have to be Charlie Sheen's Tiger Blood video what about the Randy Quaid video this is the very same shirt that I wore in ID4 when I saved the world Another act that Rupert Murdoch still hasn't thanked me for. So, Rupert, you want to f*** me? I'm going to f*** you. Evie, put this on. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that that video. I mean, but that one was funny. Yeah, I guess. I think. Well, it was Uh, troubling. Yeah, it was very, very troubling. Um, Yeah. But, but yeah, yes. So you think back to Charlie Sheen and now Randy Quaid. I mean, they it wasn't on the eve of them of a string of awful accusations. Maybe they were talking about Charlie Sheen's bad behaviour on the set of Two and a Half Men. Kevin Spacey, yeah. at this point in time, I mean, he's just been charged, literally just been charged, mm. and he comes out with this video where he's portraying... So obviously, to give a bit of background on House of Cards to anyone who hasn't watched it... Kevin Spacey playing Frank Underwood, President of the United States, he often breaks the fourth wall. He looks right into your eyes and he starts discussing, you know, how he's going to take people down, what his thoughts are, and in a very sinister way. Yes, and this is definitely quite sinister. Weirdly, he's put on like a southern Texan judge voice. That's his that's his voice in House of Cards. Oh, is it? Yeah. So what? So he's, he's playing, playing his character from House of Cards. So there's this weird. Be mist- sued for uh, copyright theft. <laughs> right. Actually, on the show. Well, there's this weird sort of missed point with it. So, obviously, he's portraying Frank Underwood, but as himself being accused of these things, saying... <sighs> it's disturbing. Saying, you know, you wouldn't judge me without knowing all the facts, would you? Mm. Um, you, you know, what does he say? He said, I'm not going to be blamed for the stuff I didn't do. I did do. I did do, but I'm certainly not going to be blamed yeah. for the stuff I didn't do. Something along those lines. Yeah. If I didn't pay the price for the things we both know I did do, I'm certainly not going to pay the price for the things I didn't do. Oh, of course, they're going to say I'm being disrespectful, not playing by the rules, like I ever played by anyone's rules before. I never did, and you loved it. It's all very sinister, and considering... I mean, it's in poor taste. And obviously, there's a massive uproar. Everyone sort of hates it. But if I were to play devil's advocate... Mm. I mean, the video did blow my mind. And if he's innocent, 
it's the best play of all time. Yeah, but if he's guilty, he's a flipping psychopath. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I you can't I can't get my head around it. I found it really uncomfortable. It blew my head off. Yeah. I was like, is this actually happening? Because he's broken the rule. If you're found out to have done awful, awful things like Harvey Weinstein and other people, you're meant to crawl under a rock and you're meant to die there. Mm. We're not meant to hear from you again, that's that. Yeah. Kevin Spacey is the first person to adamantly he's come out like trying this. trying to own it. Yeah. And but he's not allowed. You're not, you're not... It's not something you want to own, is it? No. Yeah. You're not... Yeah, he's breaking the rules, but it's in a way that makes people extremely uncomfortable. Mm. If you haven't seen the video... I mean, I wouldn't recommend it, but I would. It's, it's worth it for the for the statement. Yeah, I just think. for the sheer like it's like it's like nothing that I have ever seen before in terms of a celebrity doing something. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, but that's that's that. That's Kevin out of the way. Let's get on to another Kevin. Kevin Feige, you know that guy? Feige. Feige is that what I call him? I think so. Yeah, boss of Marvel. Yes. All right, so. I I do try and make an effort not to put Marvel stuff in any of the news. I've been trying to do it all year, but occasionally one slips through the cracks. Uh-huh. I think this one's a good one. So Marvel apparently is looking very good that they're finally going to get their much-deserved rights to X-Men and Fantastic Four in 2019, okay. according to Kevin Feige, boss of Marvel. So that's good. Is I'm, it? Yeah, man, I love the X-Men. Yeah, that was the, that was the comic. I only bought one Marvel comic when I was a kid, and that was the X Men right. or Wolverine, and I love them. Mm. And there are good there are good bits. You're getting fidgety. It's like you hate talking about them. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's uh, good. I'm done. You're done. I'm finished. Logan. That was, that was it. Yeah, but what if they did the whole R-rated new line of X Men films? How good would that be? Surely it would be good. Tell me it's good. Um. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Well, we'll freaking move on then. <laughs> yes, please. Sourpuss. Another thing that's uh, come to light. Yeah. HMV. Yeah. Sad. Very sad. It's the second time they've gone into administration in the last six years. Really? That's not good. It's a shame. It's funny, though, because when all of these record stores were closing down, I don't know, whatever, ten years ago. Yeah, it was all Virgin Mega stores and stuff, wasn't pe- it? Yeah, people were saying, oh, well, HMV, those corporate shrifts. They're going to be around forever. And now they're the little guy that's shutting down. Well, apparently they still sold 20% of the UK's DVDs. 20%? Yeah, which is huge. That's massive. But that's still not enough. Because as in the next couple of years, it's going to, the sales going to go down and that's not going to sustain them. That's a shame. Because oh, HMV's great, man, when you go in. I mean, the, the one... The, the one I last went into was in Southampton mm. and upstairs you've got thousands and thousands of DVDs some of them are really obscure you know you've come across some really weird horror movies up there well that's that's the, yeah for me that's the main thing because that's why I get a lot of my Arrow video but this is the point if you can't browse you can't browse in the same way online as you can in the flesh when you can no. just literally flick through racks of things so how are we going to find new stuff to listen to nerds on the internet that's another that's slice of life that's another one drop. bites the dust you know what it all started with Woolworths that was the start of it all I'd miss Woolworths I really do yeah, miss Woolworths Woolworths was the one Woolworths well, was the you one you can still kind of get the same atmosphere from Poundland 
Yeah, but the toys in Poundland are the no, knockoffs. Yeah, yeah, Woolworths had Beast Wars. Woolworths had Woolworths was a place you could wander around for. You could kill an hour in there. Indeed. And they had pick and mix. Mmm. That was when I committed yes. my first crime. Did you? Stealing the pick and mix. You monster! I once walked out of Woolworths with a can of Coke without paying for it. You. I did. Uh-huh. No, but that's the thing. I saw someone I, I knew walk past. I went out to say hello, and I went. <gasps> So I went back in immediately and paid for it. Oh, good, yeah. good lad, good lad. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I mean, when I say I stole pick and mix, I think I stole like four cola bottles. That's a penny. Yeah. You monster. I'm sorry. <sighs> anyway, any other news? Uh, yeah, just briefly. People have been walking out of Holmes and Watson because it's so, <laughs> so bad, apparently. I mean, neither of us have seen it yet. No, but the trailer looks so bad, I will never, ever wanted to see it's it. A, I do think it's a shame because, obviously, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are such have proven themselves to be a fantastic comedic duo, yeah. depending on who you ask. Um but now I've just found out that uh, apparently Netflix tried to I mean Sony tried to immediately sell it to Netflix and yeah. please take our film please take <laughs> our <laughs> steaming turd of yeah. a film yeah. and give us millions of pounds for it and Netflix went nah nah we don't want it see that's amazing because Netflix made Cloverfield Paradox yeah <laughs> for Netflix to turn down your Will Ferrell and John C. Riley fronted movie yeah you have made a bad bad film you have indeed oh dear but that's it. That's that's uh, All right. that's Fortnite Schmortnite. Yeah, we'll have more next time. But obviously, the Kevin Spacey is a big deal. Anyway, yeah, indeed. So we're going to play a Queen song because it was in Shaun of the Dead and Bohemian Rhapsody was out this year. So without further ado, here's "Don't Stop Me Now." You have one message. Message one. Hola, hola, Slimbucky. Feliz año nuevo. Happy New Year to you. I'm just calling you to say, you know, I hope you're doing well with your new movie. I'm in a warehouse at the moment, just finishing up our shooting on our new film. There's a lot of power technique involved, a lot of fireworks, a lot of dynamite and TNT. So I'm just making sure it keeps nice and uh, away from any flame. What is, what is that? What is that? You split the flame to the fireworks? Oh no! No, no, someone put it out! Put it out! Ah! No, no, no! Oh no! No, why is it so good? Everything on fire! I must get out of here! I must get out of here! Ah, jeez! I've been hit in the head by a firework! Oh my god, my head is bleeding and burning in this sense! Oh my god! Why did it happen in this 2019. I know, right? It's a big year for us. It's a huge year. We've got to hit the ground running. Yeah, before we just expire. Yeah, and just go back to our usual couch wallowing. Yeah. This is the year we turn 30, is what we're getting at. Uh, And what have we done with our lives? Well, you got married. I did. I did. I mean, I did. I did. No, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a good thing. A good thing from 2018. Yes. Well, 2018's been quite a f- year. I think I feel like I've scratched off a few bucket list items this year. What have you done? Um, saw John Carpenter live. Brilliant. So never expected to. Uh, we met Bruce Flipping Campbell. Oh my God, yeah, that was last year. Wow. That was a big one. Yeah. Big one. England won at penalty shootouts. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It's been a while, man. It's been a while. Um... 
Oh, but that's just killed my brain. Yeah, well, I've no. I, uh, <laughs> what? Give me a New Year's resolution. One of mine. For yeah, 2019. Yeah. Uh, finish a film. Finish the film. Finish the film that I wrote two years ago. I wrote that script two years ago. Really as a quick and easy. A fix. Yeah. Oh, we're doing it now. And that's we all are doing it now. That's taking, all that matters. Taking two years. Uh, so we've got auditions coming up, haven't we? We're going to audition some actors. We are. Complete strangers, mostly. Oh, all of them, in fact. Yeah, it's quite exciting, that. That's very exciting. To We're going to have two full days locked in a warehouse, watching yes. people f- flitter in and out. Very exciting. <sighs> it's going to be tiring. Yeah. But it'll still be good fun. So, yeah, one of your resolutions, please. Uh, I want to get something written and finished and published, maybe. Ooh. But... I want to do Tough Mudder, and I'm going to do it with Josh, that weird guy we met in the department store last oh, week. Oh, yeah. really? You've agreed to do that? Yes. Oh, what's wrong with you? I know. It's five to five kilometres to ten miles, apparently, and they electrocute you. In... Five kilometres to ten miles? I don't know why they changed it up. Weirdos. That's what it said on the website. Five kilometres to ten... So, three to ten miles? Pretty much. Okay. And then you say, so we've got to run around training a lot, and then on the actual day, then you've got to be electrocuted, and you've got to climb up things, and... Yeah. Why? I don't know. I think we're going to do it for charity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you just give money to charity? Yeah, but I don't know. It'll be fun. It'll be like... Because we're going to be old soon, aren't we? And then we won't be able to... Shut up, shut up, things. shut up, shut yeah, up. See, you shut up. Do it with us. No. Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy. I've got all this work to do. Yeah. All your work. Oh, yeah, I'm the talent, man. I'm the talent. I'm mm. not a technical wizard like you. Well... We're going to get you a laptop, aren't we? We're going to make you learn how to do all the editing. Uh, yes, we are. Yes. We are. Uh, okay, another resolution for me, a personal one. Hmm. Hmm. Stop caring about being 30. That's yes, important. that's a very good one. Very good one. <laughs> be very important coming up. One for you. So, oh, I don't know, man. Get healthy. Stop smoking. Switch from fags to vapes. Oh, yeah, everyone says this. It's boring. I know, but I don't want to smoke anymore. All right. And I can't not smoke when I drink. So maybe I need to give up drinking for a while. Yeah, but you've done that before. Then yes. you go off the wagon in, yeah. a, <laughs> in an absolutely insane way. In a blaze of glory. What, what you need to do is just do everything slightly less. Rather yeah. than give it up. Just slightly less. Uh, but isn't the... Isn't and then do the, it slightly less again. Isn't the failure day fun? <laughs> it, it can be, yeah. Uh. When you just say, no more, <laughs> let me smoke and drink. Uh, I'm going to give up commuting to work. Good. Go, because you're going to Hitchin. Yeah, I'm going to be now. able to walk. Amazing. Yeah. Or run. Maybe I'll run. Maybe I'll run to work. Or from work. Yeah. Uh, I believe it when I see it. Yeah. I used to run. I was a runner. I just had to... In li- school. Literally don't have the time. That's the trouble. Mm. Uh, what else? I think just, yeah, reach the ne- next chapter of Hollowdale Media is the most important thing. I think so. I think yeah. that's the thing. So right now, the f- things I've got burning in the oven of my brain, mm. I've got a bloody, I've got a board game I've been writing for two years. I've got a novel I've been writing for five years. <laughs> that's the thing. I actually wouldn't mind trying a novel, but yeah, mm. doing other things. Stiff in art to script writing. Oh, I want to write uh, a comic script. Right. I want to submit. No, I want to start submitting to companies. Yes. Do some freelance stuff that way. 
I want to write a pilot. I want to write a pilot for that show I was always talking about writing, but I don't want to talk about it in case anyone steals the idea. Okay, yeah, steal idea. Yes. Uh, well, you know that's the well, that's the thing. We need to start doing competitions. Yes, and in fact, maybe if we start doing competitions, we can start talking about them here. Exactly. So yeah, you guys listening, a very very good thing to do if you're wanting to get into the film industry, enter competitions because a people are seeing your work and b it gets you doing stuff, it gets you practicing, it gets you learning techniques. It's very very important. No, well, it's anything art, yeah, drawing, you know, anything you want to do. Fashion. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's that's what we need to do. In fact, it's just reminded me. There's a Nickelodeon one at the moment. Interesting. Where you write a script for a show that they, of a list they give you. SpongeBob on it. It's got to be. I'm not sure if it is actually. It's stuff like Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I could do that. Definitely do that. Do a script. Send it in. If they like you, they'll bring you in for a internship and a. A paid, no, not an internship, a paid writing gig for six months wow. in LA. In LA? Yeah. Oh, you can do it, you're married. <laughs> oh, I'll take her with me. I'll throw oh, yeah, her in the suitcase. Take. Yeah, but that's something worth uh, looking into. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's our show resolution then as well. Maybe we start talking about competitions and things, get yeah. the knowledge out. Actually, I would like to do more interviews, uh, get some local people in. If anyone's listening who do write or film or any sort of arty thing, do let us know because that'd be really good. That'd be really cool. We can yeah. highlight you and uh, we want to hear your stories. We want to hear what you want to promote. You know, we want to get your names out there. And so. also, so we can learn off you, we can steal your brain powers of disciplines. Yeah, because let's be honest, we don't know everything, Adam. Well, Google knows everything. I've got Google. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. The Oracle. Right, well, good. So, new version, quick sum- summary. You want to get healthy. Yep. Uh, holiday media, disperse into the next realm, right? And more competitions. Yep. I want to... Oh, sod it. Please, sir. What is it, boy? Please, can you sponsor us? What? You could sponsor a show on North Hearts FM that's made for the community, by the community. And let us... Keep making great content. We're a fledgling station, but one with over 10,000 listeners a month. And it keeps growing. And what's in it for me? Five adverts a day, sir. Plus, the world will get to see your branding at live events, online, and be proudly displayed alongside the show you choose to sponsor on all online content. Plus, on-air mentions and branding. It won't even be taken out of the shows on Listen Again, so your brand will be out there forever. Then how much is that going to cost me? Only £360 a year, sir. Or £30 a month if you just want to run adverts instead of a full sponsor. It isn't more? No, sir. Just head to northartsfm.com for more information or get in touch on Twitter or Facebook. This is brilliant. Show for sale. Show for sale. So that was uh, Hacy Dixie's cover of War Pigs by Black Sabbath. Yes, because the Black Sabbath one is in a film. And it's very, very long. Mm. Yes. Very long. Too long. So, what are we doing? Well, do you fancy doing some show and tell? Yeah. Cool. Um, I bought us some cherry aid from, from a shop. Okay, so Rob's got a... Bottle of cherry aid that he's milking apparently. 
Yeah, so... Why? But this is cherry aid by Sainsbury's. Yeah. No added sugar. Yeah, they stopped doing the... Ah! They stopped doing the... Some Jamie Oliver douche obviously came along and said we can't sell the full sugar stuff anymore. Because you can't get... Um, if any listener can tell me where you can get good cherry aid, which isn't not no added sugar, it's got all the sugar, then we'll send you a prize. We'll send you a bottle of sugar-free cherry aid. This is really on the topic with films and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, oh man, massively. Yeah. Do you know, I was in Sainsbury's... Oh, there it is. I was in Sainsbury's just now, and there was a couple having an argument, and uh, the woman was having a go at the guy saying... Why do you keep on going into trances and not listening to me when we're shopping? I just walk around and you're just not listening. You're just staring into the abyss. Yeah. And you know what? I wanted to throw him up a gang sign of respect. Because <laughs> this is what happens to me. I walk into Sainsbury's with my wife and my brain just goes... Geez. What were you saying? It's because it's the hunter-gatherer gene. Yeah. It's just kicking in and going, everything's here. It's all done. You've oh, done your job. Oh, everything's here. All I need to do is go round in trolley. My work is done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I used to do the same... Well, I didn't do the same thing. I used to... Uh... Well, it's not bad, actually. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, so you, the reason you brought this on was because you thought non, no added sugar cherry aid would be gross. Yeah. And it's all right. It's okay. Yeah, I'll take it back. Don't send us... Don't, don't tell me where the cherry aid is. Oh, yeah, it's quite nice, that. Mm, nice. So... So now we're just drinking cherry aid. Yeah, let's talk about some presents. <laughs> let's talk about some presents. Oh, uh, yes. Christmas has just happened. Yeah, we got some cool stuff. Uh, I got some Jurassic Park pajamas. Did you really? Yeah, I did. And oh. a Jurassic Park hat. And um, my brother got me a load of Legend of Zelda stuff. There you go. I've got the hat here. It's got InGen written on it. Mm. So it's a reference only nerds will understand. <laughs> nerd. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. And if you're a nerd, you'll get that. I'm wearing it. Mm. I'm wearing the hat. Well done. Oh, I feel terrible. I'll tell you what I got. What? My Probably the most exciting present I got. It says a lot about me. So old. Is a book. Uh, what kind of a book? An autobiography. Is that Jesus? No. It's better than Jesus. It's Rick Mail. Oh, amazing. What is it? His autobiography? Yeah, the Rick Mail. Bigger than add. Hitler, better than Christ. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So the front page is, how would you describe that? It's Rick Mail, but he's Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and what Painted about, Renaissance style. And then, the oh, he's Hitler at the back. He's Adolf <laughs> Hitler at the back. Oh, it's going to be good. It's so good. The blurb at the back. Oh, you read it. I often mix among ordinary people. I have taken the tube and I love to meet poor people. And I talk to them occasionally too. And sometimes give my autograph for free. I think it's pompous to call myself a comedian. I prefer, prefer to think of myself as a phenomena. <laughs> I adore Rick Mail, and this is fantastic. Um, so the book is chapters of different things he's done. I just opened the page randomly to Guest House Paradiso. Perfect. Um, there's letters that he's sent. He's just a ridiculously talented and brilliant man. But this book came out in like 2005, and I never heard of it until... No, I didn't. I literally a year. Well, not even a year. He's got scripts in it as well. Yeah, he's got scripts. Just read you this excerpt. I've just randomly turned it, and there's a chapter called Sex. A question for you, viewer. What do you do when a jealous husband catches you red-handed with his wife, and you've got a pork pie up your... Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm really excited for that. Anyway, another present. Cool. Uh, so I got um, a book from Fern's granny. 
Oh, yeah. um, by Stephen Fry. It's called Mythos. Oh. And it's kind of... Um, he's describing Greek mythology to you in a way that you can understand. That's true. So taking out all the jargon and kind of describing it in modern terms. And I've started reading it. It's very good. Is it the stories as the stories but rewritten? Or is it him describing and explaining the stories? I think it's him describing and explaining. Okay, okay. But yeah, it's very good. It's very funny so far. And I've always wanted to know about Greek mythology. It's one of those things... Uh, You'll watch the occasional bad film like Clash of the Titans and names mm. will keep coming up like, I don't know. Troy. Yeah, Kronos. Troy is the worst film. I absolutely hate Troy with Brad Pitt. Yeah, bad. That put me off Greek mythology for a while, I'll be honest. Um, I learned most of it from cartoons. Yes. Um, yes. Ulysses 31, that's just mm. Greek myths in space. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I've always wanted to learn more about them. I'm about... I would say a fiftieth of the way into the book, mm. and already there's so much incest. Oh yeah, in Greek, oh, yeah. In Greek mythology, like mother son incest, but it's implied. It's the universe, so any sort of mm. naughtiness would be cosmos related activity. Yeah, it does make you wonder about the Greeks, though, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Naughty bunch they were. Yeah. <laughs> Watch those kebabs. Mm. Jeez, oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, what about you? Another present? Uh, well, uh, this is one that was actually given to the show. It was addressed to Screen Bucket, and it's called The Awkward Storyteller. It's a, a card game, a party game for creative people, it says on the box. I'm very intrigued. So, it unfortunately, it's players 4 to 11. Okay, 11, that's a very random number. It is a very random number. It's also a bit annoying, because it means we can't really play it. Hmm. But we can have a look at it. So... I haven't opened. This is the first time I've opened it. Uh, read the game blurb. The Awkward Storyteller is a straightforward party game for creative people. Players have to think in original twists and plot lines for their story, which they make up as they go along, for the entertainment of the other players and anyone else who's listening. The game begins when a player, the storyteller, selects the story card and reads out the caption upon it, which will be the first line of a story that has yet to be created. The other players then ask the storyteller creative and difficult to answer questions and play a letter or word question card. The storyteller must develop his or story ad hoc. This must be done using the specific words on the question card on the answer or beginning the answer with the letter featured on the question card. And there's a how to play on YouTube. Okay, right, let's give it a go. So I've got a stack of white question cards, a stack of black story cards and some... Uh, cards that are red and green. To start the game, each player draws as many question cards as the number of players in the game. Minus one. So one. So we've each got one story card. A uh, question card. Okay. Shuffle and place the story deck face down in the middle of the table. Uh, choose who starts the game. You start the game. Cool. Storyteller draws one card from the story deck and reads the story out loud. I stood at the edge, took a breath. And jumped. Okay. In turn, each player asks the storyteller a question about the story and plays a question card. Okay. When the question card is played, the hourglass is turned around in order to count out 10 seconds for the answer. Right, so I'm going to ask the question. Okay, so my question card says one word. It says crazy. Okay. So, what? So I have to ask a question hmm. and the answer has to have crazy in it. Right. Why were you jumping in? Because... I was a crazy person 
and I wanted to die. All right. What? what? Why did you want to die? You have to use the word cost in it. Because the cost of living was too great when I had a pigeon shackled to my chest. Why was a pigeon shackled to your chest? Use the word cooking. Because I was trying to cook it and it flew directly into my rib cage and got lodged in there. Okay, now I've chosen another one that's got a Z in it. Zoom, the pigeon went and hit me square in the rib cage. When what state was the pigeon in when it flew into you? You have to use the word swollen. Um, well, his head got stuck, so I couldn't see that bit, So, but the neck was incredibly swollen. Was it? The, yeah, the pigeon's neck. How did you feel at the time? Use the word surprise. I was very surprised. This sort of feels like it's leading the... Uh... Hang on, let's, let's find a really random one. Okay. Um, what would save you right now? Use the word rainbow. If only I saw a rainbow, I think that would inspire me to not jump and learn to live with the swollen pigeon stuck in my chest. Hmm. Hmm. Don't know about this. I've got a problem with card, some card games. Cards Against Humanity as well. Cards Against Humanity feels like you're being prescribed the joke. I couldn't. I don't like Cards Against Humanity because you know it's uh, there's cards with words on. You put them together and you make a funny thing, but you know it's just, they're all the same. And but, yeah, and you still feel it's like, like your humour. Exactly. It feels like yes, but I could have had a funnier thing. Hmm. It's just making people have to this again. And it I'm makes not... you bitter as well. People would pick someone else's one because they think it's the funniest. And you're sat there thinking, well, my one was all right, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And this feels... Obviously, we're not giving this enough because we're not playing with four to eleven people. I don't know. I feel like we could have better stories. I think if a couple of drinks, quick fire with like six people, this could be pretty good. Yeah. What's the challenge cards? If you think that an answer doesn't make sense, you can challenge that answer with the red card. Ah, uh, right. The storyteller has to explain themselves. So these are what these are. Yeah. And then, if the storyteller can't give an answer to a question, that's when it moves on to the next person. Ah, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Undecided. Hmm. But we'll see. Thank you very much to the person who bought it for us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you very much. Yeah, really good, really good, really good. Um, okay, so yeah. Have you got any other presents to talk about? I got one of those mini PlayStation things. Oh. Yeah. So it's got 30 games. Preloaded. Um, yes, yeah, it's tiny, tiny PlayStation. doesn't even need proper power. You plug it into a USB and that charges it. Uh, 30 preloaded games. Cool. Uh, some absolute classics. So you've got the original Grand Theft Auto. You've got Resident oh, Evil. Oh, have you? That's cool. Yeah. The, oh, I'm the into that. sort of bird's eye view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Car going around and blood skids and stuff like that. Um, yeah, Resident Evil Director's Cut, which is like a really hard version of the already really hard game. Is it um, improved graphics or is it PlayStation? Oh, no. Terrible, terrible. Oh, good. Graphics. Oh, that's yeah. good. I'm glad. Yeah, there's no HD remake or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the bet my personal favourite Tekken Free. Tekken Free was my absolute favourite beat 'em up as a kid. So mm. duking it out with Don't King and Jin and Heihachi and all of that. Yoshimitsu looks really cool. Don't they just th- designed Yoshimitsu like the Predator in that one, and he looks badass. Does he? Yeah. But yeah, there you go. The PlayStation games I remember most. Uh, Not in it, I guarantee. FIFA. FIFA. The, the original one. What you've had a, a game? You had a FIFA game. Was you. it FIFA? No, no, Dave. My mate Dave had one. Oh, okay. I just go around his house and play. We used to find it funny because they would fall over randomly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, uh, Rayman? They had Rayman. There was no Crash Bandicoot. There's no Spyro. There's no Medieval. 
Well, Crash Bandicoot is just had a remake, hasn't it? Yeah, so you don't need it. I mean, I've got that anyway. Medieval, that's a shame. I love that. Yeah, probably my favourite PlayStation game. It's a very Tim Burton hmm. sort of thing. They're remaking that, I think. They're doing a HD, I think. Yes, yeah, they are. Maybe that's why. But it doesn't look as good as the original. There's something charming mm. about the blocky graphics in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, they gave it a swishy, nice coat of paint, and now all the charm for me is gone because it mm. looks too nice. Tell the other game me and my mate Dave used to play and love. Loved uh, Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, I never played it. There was one that one level that we absolutely drove us mad, and you were the little chicken ones, and you were running it to hide in the footprints of the big ones. Compsignathus, Com- yes, Com-signathus. compies, compies, the compies. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. And then there was later one where you, oh, it must have been Lost World. Must you were the um, T Rex eating the hunters. Awesome. That's very cool. Because compies aren't in the first one either. You got your health back by chewing on the human. Amazing. And the other one we used to play, Die Hard. Die Hard. We used to absolutely. Lo- I think that might have been an American game that he brought mm. back. Because he used to say, Yippee Guy Aim. All the time. All the time. And we were very small and young and went, He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, when's the N64 one coming out? Because that's the one I'm after. Uh. Not in sight. They've just released a SNES one, haven't they? Or something like that. Uh, one, one. So I don't think they're... The N64 you won't see for a while. Oh, that's the one I want. GoldenEye. Well, I only had like two or three games on the N64. So I want it just so I can play all the other ones. Yeah. Oh, man, there's so many good ones. So many good ones. Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark is mm. amazing. Uh, obviously, they've got the likes of Donkey Kong 64, Mario 64, Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pokemon Stadium. All the standard ones. They're the ones I've had. Um... Another game we spent a lot of time on, Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shadows of the Empire. Yes. I never played that one, but I know the one you mean. And you used to, you had to do the uh, tow cable around the Atats and stuff. You used oh, to play sick. that level to death. Um, yeah. Ooh, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah. Would that be on there? I doubt it. Because it's into the Rare territory there. So Rare obviously owns a load of... It's got rights to Perfect Dark, Goldeneye, and all of that. And um, so you, don't, you wonder if an N64 one came out, would it just have like Pokemon Snap and Mario? Oh, Pokemon Snap. Zelda Ocarina of Time, uh, which is obviously a masterpiece in itself. Yoshi's but, Story? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kirby? That was on the 64, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Well, that's just money over the future. But anyway, <laughs> let's play another song. Hello, Scream Bucket. It's Tom Hanks here. And I'd just like to say to you a Happy New Year as the production team is strapping some fireworks to my back. Now, I'm reprising my role as Woody from Toy Story, and they're going to fire me into that lorry over there. So anyway, like I say, Happy New Year. You can light the fuse now, boys. Life is like a box of fireworks. You never... And that was Phaedra by Tangerine Dream. Ah, what was that in? This was a song I chose in Black Mirror, a Bandersnatch. Me too, man. Oh, mate. What an experience that yeah. was. What a unique and in there original experience. I just got... Well, Black Mirror's always been quite a thing to look forward to, but this was something else. Took it to a whole new level. They call it an event, the Black Mirror event, rather than show or film. It's and feature it length though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, longer than feature length. Yeah. It took a good like two and a half, three hours, didn't it? I watched it this morning. I'm pretty sure I started at 8am and I finished at 11, almost on the dot. 
Because obviously you could finish it in a much shorter amount of time, but there is no way you get to the end of that and you think, uh, nah, I don't want to bother yeah. with the other endings. You need to see the right. other ending. Black Mirror is an anthology series by Charlie Brooker and Annabelle Jones, um, with a few other guest writers from time to time. It's, um, is it a horror? Is it a thriller series? Somewhere in there. It Yeah, it's like taking the horrors of modern life hmm. with technology and social media and all that sort of stuff. Um, the, this one's about a video game. Yeah, very much set in the 80s. Yes, yes. It's 87. 84. 19- no, no, you're right, yeah, 1984. I wonder if that was a deliberate choice, 1984. You know what, you're probably right, hmm. yeah. Um, I'm thinking of 87 because that's what it is in Bumblebee. Lots of 80s at the moment. So you think of mind control in George Orwell's. Mm, and then you think of this. That's true. So yes, give us a summary of the plot. So this kid's called Stefan. Yep, he's not a, Stephen. No, not Stephen, as we're told mm-hmm. early on. He's a computer whiz kid. He loves his games. He knows how to make games. He's got a job interview with a big video game company run by Ashim Chowdhury, not the Ashim Chowdhury, the character that he's playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he offers him a job. Now, I could go on with the plot, but there are loads of plots, <laughs> depending on the choices you make. So, Stefan is a programmer, but he loves the work of uh, Jerome F. Davies, who right. wrote this Choose Your Own Adventure book called yes. Bandersnatch, which we are led to believe drove him mad and then as he, he wrote it. Decapitating his wife. Yes. The process of developing the book he got hooked on these the symbol which yes. is what you would draw out if you're drawing like a, a glyph choy- yeah yeah but it's like a tree it's like a flowchart tree hmm. it's the symbol and drove mad and he used the blood to paint it all over the walls indeed um, and this tragic backstory kind of inspired Stefan to make it into a video game hmm. um, full of choices and, and deliberate actions by the by the player. And yeah, it absolutely blows the uh, video game company away. And it's up to you to choose whether or not to sell it directly to them or to take it away and do it yourself. It's interesting. And this is it's not really a spoiler because it's one of the first choices you have to make. Yeah. I tried very much to put myself in Stefan's shoes. Uh-huh. So yeah. if I'm, if this big, massive video game company who my hero works for is offering me a job, I'm, of course I'm going to say yes. Yes. Yeah, me too. But then um, obviously uh, Colin, the video game genius who already works there, played yep. by Will Poulter by far the best thing in it for me like character wise okay he says to you mm, you made the wrong choice there mate yeah, and yeah. then your story just peters out so then you rewind and then you try again yes and you say no and that unleashes to you choose your own adventure style a whole nother tree of decisions that you've got to get into now I tried saying yes the second time really because, yeah now because what? the world what the world changed so yeah, you start again and you know you, you go back to the company and you get given the choice again. But before that, conversation changes slightly. Yeah. And I wondered what would happen. So I said yes a second time. Because suddenly Colin was like clued in a bit more. Mm. Stuff that uh, Stefan was saying. Like when you're showing him the game malfunctioning. Yeah. Uh, and, no also, and also Colin knew Bandersnatch. He knew mm. the plot of Bandersnatch. Whereas the first time he didn't. Right. I went, that's interesting. Yeah. Slight twist so i'm gonna say yes again and see what happens and the well, game you said yes twice yeah this is why it's interesting because then the game goes sorry 
did you not listen? Go back. And that immediately made me think, okay, I don't have a choice here. Yeah. Which is something that develops throughout the thing. You're mm. given the illusion of choice. Right. You still have to play the game that they're making you play. Indeed. Which, I'm blowing. And that's what's in, what this right now is happening with your baffled eyes looking at me. Oh, <laughs> it was doing it to me during it. I mean, there's one. But what, what's interesting, everyone's going to have a different experience of this thing. They are. That's insane. How much did they film? I wonder. It's very hard to talk about this because it's just come out. People probably haven't done it yet. There is one strange emotion I had, which mm-hmm. I need to talk about, which is um, at one point you get the decision. It comes up on the screen. You're having an argument with your father in it, or Stefan is, but you're obviously making his choices. Yeah. And then you get two options. One of the options, kill dad. Right. And straight away, I giggled to myself maniacally, <laughs> and I pressed kill dad. And then he picks up the ashtray smashes his head in and afterwards I was kind of in a state of what have I done? I don't know. I had a bit of an ex- have, you, have you had an issue with your dad? No, 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 no. <laughs> not at all, not at all. Poor Rodney. Me and my dad are getting on fine. <laughs> I just wanted in that moment I wanted to have the power to kill someone. Like, oh my like, god. No, no, just because I don't know what I'm trying to say. You play too many Pokemon games. This is what <laughs> you I wanted. To play some more. I want. It gave me a feeling of power to tell him oh. he's gonna kill that guy. And then um, afterwards, I had an existential crisis. I was like, "Oh my god! No, no, no! I didn't want to do that. I feel really bad now. God!" And then I thought. I'm being controlled. What if I'm being controlled? Or what if I'm controlling oh, him and someone else no. is controlling my decisions? Oh, is this real? God. Am I being judged? Am I being judged for having chosen well, that? Well, you say, you say that because you kind of are. Yeah. <laughs> because it it's not as straightforward as a choose your own adventure. It, Stefan notices yeah. and the world changes around it. So I had the experience straight away when I said yes twice hmm. that I was being forced down a path. Right. Which by the end is what's happening. You You finally... Towards the end, you actually get to a point which it keeps taking you back to mm. deliberately, so you can do different multiple endings. Right, and at one of them, they do. It is like you have to just finish it now. Like, yeah, and the characters even say like the way to make this, the way to make Bandersnatch the, the video game in the show is to make give the illusion of false choice. Mm. And you're like, <gasps> oh you monsters! God. Because oh. too much choice, you, it would never end. You know, it's insane. Oh, it was very, very impressive. It, and, it's yeah. the smartest thing Black Mirror's ever done, and they've done so many smart things. It's just... It's funny, because Charlie Brooker, i followed Charlie Brooker for a good long time now, hmm. uh, and it's funny the things that keep coming up, and this is one of them. I always feel like he's always wanted to do this story. Right. Because he's definitely of the old school video game. Because he, he, on Streamwipe, he's talked about... the You know, the, in the show... In different timelines, Bandersnatch gets reviewed different ways. Right. That show was so... The, the real-life version of that show was what inspired Charlie Brooker to do what he does. No you know, way. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. I can't remember what that show was now. It's really going to bug me. But the real-life show it's based on, which I think it was BBC, over the credits, they used to broadcast code. Right. So as the lights faded down, the credits went up, you just go... <laughs> All that Insane. stuff. And if you recorded it onto cassette, you could play. It'd be like demos and stuff. 
and you'd pop it in and you'd play the game. That's mad. But they never said that, so you'd have to be clued into that world to do it. And in one of the endings, they play... Obviously, everyone, this is going to be articles going to be about this. It's not a secret. But my immediate response was to go on Twitter and say, please, can someone port this uh, and put it online? And through a contact of a contact, someone did. Ah, should we say what it is? Yeah. So, in the game, Colin's, been, the other video game developer, has been working on this game called Nosedive. Apparently, the code, if you put it back into order, there's a QR code that takes you to a hidden website where you can download Nosedive. Mental. Ah! Mental. Worlds within worlds. Really, really clever, really smart. And then it takes you on another tangent in a different ending where you get to control... A Netflix woman <laughs> who's making, putting together Bandersnatch. Yes. Well, in that universe, she's remaking the game that drove the developer mad. Who, yes. Who made the game of a book that drove the writer mad. Yes. And then things start happening to her. By your control. By your, yeah. Oh, oh dude. <laughs> yeah. It really is mind-blowing. <laughs> it's... One of Netflix's crowning achievements, and, and it's Black Mirror, of course, more so. Well, and I love the fact that it's it's uh, yeah. This is the thing I, because I've been following Charlie Brooker for so long. It's sort of a bit of a pride thing, yeah, yay! Yeah, someone else could have done that, and it could have been utter rubbish. The oh whole yeah, thing, the whole oh, idea yeah. of it. But it was so well done. It well, was so well thought out. Is this going to inspire a load of copycats now? Yeah, and uh, there, there will be bad ones. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. I mean, video games have been doing that sort of thing for ages. Yeah. Different multiple endings and stuff. I'm worried that this might cause, yeah, a load of fakies. I did, do you remember, this is impossible to do now because of the way YouTube works. There was a point when I, I wanted to do a film, not with multiple end, not a choose-your-own-adventure, but there was a point when uh, you could put, like, invisible boxes on the video on YouTube. If you click on that box, it will take you to link you to another video. Right. What I wanted to do was tell a story, pretty standard. I think I wanted to do like a film noir detective story, but have these hidden boxes. And if you click on the box, things get a bit weirder. Right. And then you click on another box, things get weirder again. So they all have. So it's the, you're making I don't know ten films at different lengths. So it's just the ending. It's always the ending, and then a bit longer. Just getting weird and weird and weird. So, at first, it'd be stuff like, I don't know, the character goes to a club and there's singing. Someone's singing. In the next level up, they're singing something weird. In the next level up, it's an old lady singing a video game. Yeah, and just get weird and weird and weird and weird and weird. To the point where it's a horse playing an old lady. Exactly. Things get more and more surreal. Like a guitar. And I don't think that's possible now, but this makes me wonder if maybe there is a way of doing something like that. Sky's the limit now. They've set the bar. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, if you haven't seen Black Mirror, what the hell are you doing? Yep. Go and watch Black Mirror. If you haven't seen Bandersnatch yet... If you haven't experienced Bandersnatch... Yes. If you haven't lived it... Yeah. Then do. By all means. Do take a couple of hours out and you do have to pay attention as well. Hmm. So no... No phones. No ironing. <laughs> anyway. Watch it. It's great. Yes. 
message one. Hello, I'm Charlie Brooker, and thank you so much for talking about Black Mirror, because apparently I needed the extra marketing, and Happy New Year. Is it happy, though? Is it? Is it really? Really? Really, is it? Is it really? Really? Really, is it? Is it happy? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, it's happy. Go away. Adam's Film Reviews. Bird Box 2018. It's story time. You know, when I was young, we had a boat. And every single summer, we'd take it to the lake. And there was love. And there was family. It was a wonderful time. We were just driving. Oh my god. And then she saw something. What is wrong with you? Please stop it! Stop it! Say no virus or chemical attack. It is real evil. If you see it, it takes on the form of your worst fears. Every contact we have had with the outside has brought us death. No one's coming for us. Based on a novel of the same name by Josh Malaman, Bird Box is the straight-to-Netflix film that everyone's been banging on about. Directed by Suzanne Beer and adapted by Eric Heisserer, uh, Bird Box is a post-apocalyptic thriller horror thing starring Sandra Bullock as Mallory, a stern and intense woman in charge of two small children. Swearing that they follow her every word, Mallory sets off on a dangerous journey by river, blindfolded. In fact, everyone's blindfolded. There's a pretty good reason why. Five years earlier, Mallory's pregnant, and news is filtering in that mass suicides are wiping out hundreds of thousands of people across Europe and Russia and no one can work out why. If the next few minutes are anything to go by, this might well be because everyone else is too busy killing themselves. Yes, in mere moments the disease has spread, and now Americans are going crazy too. All it takes is to see something. We don't know what. Someone will see something in the middle distance, mumble something strange, and then proceed to throw themselves into the nearest health and safety hazard. Through sheer luck and good timing, Mallory finds her way into a house of other survivors. The group gradually dwindles and dwindles and survival becomes paramount. But whatever it is that's been killing people doesn't stop there. Soon the survivors have to compete with escaped asylum patients who have taken it on themselves to show the survivors what they've been missing. Alright, there's a lot of weird stuff floating around about Bird Box. For what it's worth, it's okay. Just okay. The initial unfolding of terror is well made and fairly frightening, but but this quickly disappears into your bog-standard post-apocalyptic raids and secure property fair. In many ways, it's more Day of the Triffids than it is, say, A Quiet Place, which is a film a lot of people have been comparing it to. What I did love was the slow process of working out what to do, culminating in an excellent scene with a blind drive to the local supermarket. But eventually the gimmick just felt like exactly that, a gimmick. The inclusion of the mental patients was interesting, but it fell into the standard trope seen in any zombie film. Just sort of, quite honestly, the film felt about six hours long, and the overall impression was just one very prolonged shrug. Instantly, 
What the hell is going on with all those memes? There's something a bit sinister about the way Bird Box has been marketed. And some additional, like, dodgy, unverified viewing figures coming straight from Netflix's own marketing department. Yeah, do not like. Please don't take my children. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. No, 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 no. Open your eyes. Please don't take my children. Do you hear that? Okay, so normally at this point of the show, we do a bit of improv, a radio show. Hmm. We're not this time. No, we, the, we feel like there's a lot to talk about this, this week, so we're going to skip it. I did a poll on Twitter. Hmm. Uh, as we blunder into 2019, we have a question for you. Which of our features do you enjoy the most? Now, the results are in. In-depth film discussion wins... With 67% of the vote. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. The news was second favourite, 17%. Writing techniques, which we haven't done in a couple of weeks now, but that's 11%. And at the bottom, with 5%, is the improv. I'm a bit insulted. <laughs> well, it's like they're questioning our creative ability. It's something you raised. It's whether or not that's something that needs to be more scripted. We're not sure. It might be an unfair poll because obviously the in-depth film discussion is a a big one, isn't it? Bigger part of the show. I still think we should do something. I think more sporadic, more random, more, you know. Yeah. It's completely farted out at this point. Obviously, we want to still tell stories on the show. Yes. What format are we going to do that in? So maybe we do more written sketches. Improv based on experiences that we've had, so we've got some yeah. source material. Or we just dip into it throughout the show. Yeah. Um, either way, we're going to go away and think about that for a bit. Mm. Um, I mean, if you're desperate to keep it, then do let us know. Yeah, we'll just do a personal one for you. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, it's the end of 2018, beginning of 2019. I think we should probably do what everyone else is. Oh, what's that? Look back at the last year. Cool. All right. So, 2018 in film. Yeah. I think it's been a massive one. Yeah, yeah. Especially for horror movies. For you, absolutely. <laughs> um, There's been always been horror movies in cinemas, but it felt before that they were mostly aimed at teenage date people. Yes. I mean, there's a few. There's a few of them I've seen this year. But there's a beast, and it's coming out of your closet, and yeah. it's satanic. Don't think it. Don't say it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Wish upon. Yeah. Wish upon. Oh, wish well, we should talk about wish upon. Yes, we, we should. We won't do it now. No. We'll, we'll, maybe that'll be next week's. Yeah. Uh, oh man, but that means we get to watch it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you uh, are a smegma. <laughs> wish upon's absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, um, uh, but there's been some proper horror movies this year. Isn't yeah, there? I yeah. Uh, a couple of months ago, when we were first starting out, we talked about Hereditary. <laughs> uh, for those of you that missed that, Hereditary is, um, depending on three people's opinion, it's either a fantastically worked 
sinister horror movie, a complete and utter farce to the point of hilarity, or the most traumatising thing you've ever watched in your life. Yeah, we had the full range when yeah. we went on my birthday. Three completely different opinions. Uh, I loved it so much. I hated every moment. I wanted to leave. I was jealous of the woman who left. <laughs> and I spent all of it hiding in my leather jacket. Oh, mate. It was the best thing ever. Events in the film that shook you to the very core of your soul. Things so horrible <laughs> to picture. Criminally undervalued on the uh, award front, though. So, Tony Collette said afterwards, but the filming process was mentally disturbing for her. Like, she had to maybe get some help afterwards, I don't know, but she found it extremely traumatising to shoot and film. Did she? Yeah, she had some issues with it. Uh... Suspiria remake had a similar thing, which I haven't seen yet. Really? Um, yeah, the lead actress had to have therapy afterwards. Wow. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Hereditary, you can't forget Alex Wolf, the uh, older boy. Yeah. Oh, Very mate. Good. He was incredible. incredible. They were, all the cast were good, but those two really stood out. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, never been as... I mean, that long still shot of him lying in bed yeah. after it happens... And then the sun comes up, and he waits for his mum yeah. to go to the car. <laughs> Fantastic, well-made film. There's another film, which you took me to the cinema to, and I loved. Oh, yeah. Ghost Stories. Oh, yeah. Ghost Stories, phenomenal. I can't remember if we really talked about it. We did a bit, yeah. Ghost Stories is amazing. Jeremy Dyson and Andy Nyman uh, co-wrote. Did Andy Nyman direct? I think he did. Um, yeah, it's an adaptation from their play that is put onto screen, and it's amazing. Really, genuinely great film. Very good. Very funny. Very funny. Actually, still quite scary. Hmm. Um, it's it's for, it's four stories, three of which um, are like dramatizations of what people are talking about. The first one's scary, the third one's weird, and the second one is the funniest thing. Oh, yes. Amazing. <laughs> like, really, genuinely laugh out loud funny. It's got the kid from the Black Mirror episode where, with the troll face, and he's great in it. Get her away, get her away! <laughs> Sorry, he's just pulled up a picture of the girl from Hereditary, the terrifying, terrifying girl. Jesus, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Uh, oh, uh, yeah, Alex Lawfer. Yes. Who's a fantastic actor. He, um, End of the effing world as yes. well? Yes. Yeah, he's brilliant. I mm. really, really like him. Um, Ghost Stories is funny because it came out the same week or the week after uh, what everyone else is banging, everyone else in the world is banging on about. Uh, Quiet Place. Yes, another very good horror. It was, yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. Compared to ghost stories, I, I, I mean, a mixed thing about it because I mean, at the time and the, when they were both out, I wanted people to leave Quiet Place and watch ghost stories. Well, a Quiet Place is an American, a very good American style horror. It's film, an American so, Hollywood know. horror movie. Yeah. yeah, you've got your Emily Blunt, you've got your monsters, you've got your big sets, you've got your, you know, yeah. it's all very big. Um, this was very much more. Cozy and creepy in English in its design. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, so that's what I preferred as well. So, you know. Indeed. What other films have you uh, seen? So we have the likes of Jurassic World 2, Fallen Kingdom, which I hate to say, but, you know, upon reflection, it's not the it's best. Rubbish. It's a shame because it could have been magnificent. And yet it wasn't, was it? 
No. Um, the Avengers Age of Ultron was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that was good. Undeniably so. Like, it was very nice to have a good, a really good Marvel film. Actually, there's been a lot of, uh, sort of auteur-y films. There's another one that I absolutely love. You Were Never Really Here. Right. Oh, my God. Uh, Whacking Phoenix playing, um, I want to say, a hitman. Right. Uh, and he's not happy about it. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were never really here. Written and directed by Lynn Ramsey. This is a female written directed film, and no one talked about it. And yet, and also Annihilation on Netflix, female led cast, and a very good film as well. Really, really good film. No one talked about it. And yet, things like Ghostbusters. I know it's old hat now, but you know what I mean. It's weird that things are highlighted as the most amazing thing ever when actually good things come out. No one bloody talks about it. it wonder, drives me mad. I wonder if in this case it's the nature of the films. Like, you were never really here. It does have that sort of indie, this isn't a, this is un- going under the bloody, you know what I mean? Yeah. Annihilation as well. The, the way that they were... Well, promoted. Annihilation was uh, shoved onto Netflix. So yeah. I guess that's the- so I wonder if it's the way they're promoted kind of makes them not, but it's annoying nonetheless. Good films not being recognised like they should be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got any others? Uh, last thing I saw at the cinema was Bohemian Rhapsody, which was incredible, despite being, like we talked about this a few weeks ago, it was, the only shameful thing was there was too many lies in it, a lot of it was made up, a lot of it was I'm hearing more. Licence. I'm hearing more and more complaints about that, actually, recently. Really? Yeah. A lot of people seem to be underwhelmed by it. Um, uh, the bits, the high notes it hits are high, high notes, like it's very... Gives you goosebumps when they, especially during the performances. Yeah, um, Mission Impossible Fallout. Have you seen that? No, I'm gonna watch it though. It's the genuinely the best action film since mm. uh, Mad Max. People's opinions of Tom Cruise are kind of turning around now. There was that period of when the whole Scientology thing was going on. Mm. That you know you gotta hate him. You gotta hate Tom Cruise. But well, now- there there's a reason why people like him in Mission Impossible Fallout. Tom Cruise famously, whenever he's in a film, is always the hotshot, lady-loving action hero. Right. He really gets hurt in Mission Impossible. Really? Yeah, he... um, He's not... Henry Cavill's character, or...? By everyone. Oh. But Henry Cavill's character is especially good, actually. Right. Uh, It's more of an Indiana Jones thing. He fails. He, He succeeds through luck. Right. Because he fails. Or he's brave enough to try something. Not through being charming and wonderful. Brilliant. So that might be the like twist on the formula that maybe people appreciate. Um, He's yeah. a very brave man as well. The stunts he does. Oh, well, the, they kept the scene where he broke his ankle? His wrist? Well, he just keeps on running, doesn't he? It was, it was a roof jump, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Breaks in there, and you can see it. And people in the cinema are like, ugh, because <laughs> they obviously know the backstory. Insane. Yeah, he's, an, he's a great man, regardless of what you think of him from a any sort of other perspective yeah just don't get him on the sofa yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes <laughs> 2018 that's uh, an old reference jeez <laughs> sorry sorry everyone uh, 2018 there's loads of great films actually a couple recently Overlord Assassination Nation Assassination Nation everyone should see that yes truly brilliant but other than that time for the new year time for the new year man and there's some good ones coming up as well yes Godzilla Pokemon Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Something worrying came up to me the other day. What? 
came to me. Oh. Transformers. Yes. With Michael Bay, the first one. Yes. Came out twenty years after the original Transformers, right? That's yes. the same period of time from when Pokemon came out to Pokemon Pikachu, Detective Pikachu. Time. Uh, yeah. It's going. It's slipping through our fingers. <sighs> anyway. Is that it? Yeah, that'll do. Cool. That was the New Year's Green Bucket. Mm. Starting off a whole new chapter. Yes. The year of us. The year where we come to fruition or burn into a blaze of glory and death. Yes, and spend all our money. Yes. Hooray. Um, the show felt a bit weird without the improv, I thought. It did. Um, sorry it was so serious. Was it serious? It wasn't serious, but it wasn't not, there was a lack of we, silly. We were giggling much more in other ones. Yeah. Yeah. We need to work on that. Alcohol. <laughs> uh, but it goes it, wrong with alcohol. It does it go wrong very with alcohol, wrong. yeah. Mm. Yeah, we need to work it out. If anyone's got any suggestions, do let us know. Yeah. At screen underscore bucket on Twitter. Yes. Um, Rob tends to be at the George. Yeah. <laughs> Can I speak to him there? Yeah. Oh, I'll make it. Ah, here you go. Here's one more New Year's resolution. I make it my New Year's resolution to create a Twitter. Well, you've made one and you've not been on it in a while and I make it my new year's resolution to resurrect Sasquatch from his hibernation he's been hibernating he's been hibernating there it is there's my excuse uh, there it yes, is yes make a twitter it yeah. makes life much easier okay mm. cool alright then well take care everyone do stuff do Great stuff. stuff follow your resolutions make make things listen to us be excellent to each other yes indeed mm. and do follow at NorthHeartsFM on twitter and instagram um, for all the updates on your favourite community radio station. Yes. Yay. All right, then. Take care, everyone. Take it easy. Bye.